This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, we're getting the band back together with Drew and Julie. We're actually seeing each other in person for the first time in four months, and I want to start out by saying you have aged so gracefully. Things are moving forward in what we like to talk about in baseball. Jeff Houston. Nolan, even against his teammates, say, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I'm going to have to take you deep. Ryan Spielborgs. Uh, I'm excited to see John Gray and Herman. Uh, I'd love to see Kyle Freeland bounce back. And Corey Sullivan. It's, uh, Matt Kemp, I'll be honest with you. I, everything he's ever done at Coors Field terrifies me until he put on a Rockies uniform. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to year two of the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. And to celebrate year two, this is number 53. Last week you took off, and I, I think you had a nice time. But I said, you know what? I have to come see Julie and see how she's doing. <laughs> and so we're actually seeing each other in person for the first time in four months. And I want to start out by saying you have aged so gracefully. I mean, I got to say, you look even younger than when I saw you last time. Thank four you. months? It's been four months. It has been four has months. Has it been a long four months or a quick four months? Uh, I, I cry every day that I've been <laughs> able to see you. Um, it's good to Did see you. Did that come off as sincere? Mm, somewhat 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 yeah no, you look great you look super i knew you would um it's weird it's it weird, weird that um that we hadn't seen each other in four months but every week we we do this thing so it's kind of cool we shared a lot in the last four months it was we like talk a lot yeah not on the air <laughs> it was like ah ha, ha. Yes. we had so. a little frustration but um Things are going, things are moving forward in what we like to talk about in baseball. You've been to some of these workouts, right? And you're about, you're headed out there right now. Hopefully yeah. they get it in. It's uh, raining a little bit, but actually. A, a funny like line from, from our buddy, Corey Little, who, who's in the communications department with the Rockies. Mm -hmm. And I said, Corey, uh, you know, what's going on? Because it it's raining as we're taping tonight. And he said, Neither team has a mutual day off, so they're going to try to get it in. Oh, my but that, God. That's, a, that's, as you know, is a baseball line with when two teams, um, especially later in the season, there's rain. How long are they going to wait? And they look at the schedule and say, OK, well, it's Washington. They don't come out west again. They don't have mutual days off. They got they're going to have to wait till midnight if they to, to get the thing in. And so it was kind of a funny line. So what's it like with it starting again? And, you know, I've seen I've been reading. I've been seeing some of like the buddy black press conferences, which look all funky because nobody's actually, you know, allowed in there. It's we knew it was going to be a different world, but. It it's, really it's a different world. There were some hiccups, you know, a little bit initially with the testing. They seem to have cleaned those up. You and I have touched on this, that the positive results, and there were over 9,000 tests, was 0.7%. And that's outstanding news. And I, it seems that not only with the Rockies, but everybody that you hear from in baseball is committed uh, team to team to staying healthy for each other, not just for themselves, but but for each other. And not just so they can compete and try to uh, land themselves in the playoffs after 60 games, but really to take care of one another's families. Uh, I, I am more optimistic than I've been that they're going to be able to pull this off and going back to what your original question was, I, I think the players are all getting used to, which was strange initially, where four guys come in and then four guys go out on the field and then another few guys come a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're getting used to how different it is, and they seem to be adjusting and, and embracing it. So Charlie Blackman is back. How good is that? It's great. You know, he that was that was 
I think when we heard that it was right after we had taped a podcast, that's when I thought, oh gosh, like what's really going to happen here? But he's back. He kind of talked about what that experience was like and and he's back with the guys, which is great news and had experience with it. So could talk to the guys about it. Yeah. And, and if you remember, there were three guys that tested positive, Julie, a few yeah. weeks ago, Philip Deal, left-handed pitcher, the Rockies got uh, from the Yankees uh, a year ago, uh, Ryan Castellani, who's a young prospect pitching arm and um both of those guys evidently were asymptomatic charlie as we heard felt symptoms for about 36 hours and then he was pretty much back to normal so they're they're going to still take it a little bit slower with charlie um knowing him he wants to be ready and in that lineup on opening day on the 24th on friday night uh, buddy naturally wants to write his name in the lineup uh, i i if i had to bet right now you think he'd play? I think he. I think he'll be in the lineup, and, and I. And that's just based on him. That's based on how well he takes care of himself. Um, he'll put in the work to get his timing back as well as he can. Would he probably, in a perfect world, like another week or ten days? Yes, but this, as we all know, is far from a perfect world. So we haven't been. No fans have been able to see players. Obviously, hardly any media. It's a, it's a small group. But what I do see on social media, and what I do see on the news, is Nolan being Nolan. How about Nolan? I mean, might as well start the season right now. I know. For him. I wish they could. Yeah, he's hit you know five or six bombs in the last three games. Doesn't matter who they throw out there. He takes a guy deep, or he lines out. Yeah, he he's a great player who's in his prime, who had his sport taken away from him, and so he is raring to go. It'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers. I was thinking about this when I was driving down here, Julie, to your place. Does anybody hit twenty home runs this year? Does anybody drive in 50 runs in 60 games? What What are the numbers the at the end of num- the year? The new, the, the new numbers for right. this one season. Right. It's going to be, I mean, hopefully just this one season where, you know, yeah. we're going to see those kind of numbers. It makes, it makes everything with Nolan that we were talking about before spring training seem so long ago and kind of evaporate. And I wonder if it gives him a new perspective on all this. I, I think it... Uh, I think it could, this season could go a long way in healing everything that was the big news, not only here in Denver, but mm-hmm. but around the baseball world. Oh, will, will the Rockies trade Nolan Arenado? They're, they're listening, et cetera. Because if the Rockies can put together a great 60-game run and end up in the postseason, that would be three out of four years. And we also know that the financial environment is going to be affected for probably a couple of years at minimum based on COVID. So would you opt out because you want to go somewhere else and win? Well, you've won here three out of the last four years, if, if they were to make the playoffs this year, right? And are you going to opt out to make even more money, which Nolan's thing isn't, he has more money than I'll ever be able to spend. Um, he, he wants to win. But you're not going to make more probably opting out as great a player as he is because I think most teams are going to be really tight tight financially. So what observations have you made since it hasn't been that long since they've been out at Coors Field? But maybe some – tell me about – okay, I want to know about Wade Davis. Yeah, you know, he's at least initially – some balls have been squared up against him. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this earlier. And on a personal level, I'm a big Wade Davis fan, and he's had an extraordinary career. He had a rough year last year. The 
typical question when a, when a pitcher blows a couple of saves in a row is to a manager in a post game, whether it's Buddy Black or anybody else. Are you going to push the pause button, maybe back off him a little bit and just, you know, have him have him work earlier in the game for, for a week or two? I mean, it comes out in, in virtually every uh, post game when a, when a closer struggles for a week. You know, he blows a couple, maybe another one's a rough ride. Well, it's almost always met by, nope, he's our guy, he's our guy. Every once in a while, a, a manager will back away. In the case of Wade Davis, even though Scott Oberg pitched well last year before, you know, the blood clots affected him again and he had to shut it down. Buddy said, no, Wade's going to be our closer. Well, you can't afford, if you blow a game or two, you have to reconsider in a 60-game stretch as opposed to 162 where you have the luxury of, you know, massaging it a little bit more. That is going to be one that is fascinating to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's no wiggle room. There's no, right? wiggle, there's no wiggle room. No. And so you're going to see some, I think, of those quick decisions pan out and so those quick decisions be a, mis- a mistake because sometimes sticking with a guy works out. Right. Mm -hmm. To get through the slump. But I don't think that, you know, they're going to be afforded to do that. You can't with with anybody. You're going to have a much smaller margin of error or being able to ride out a slump. If it's an offensive player, ride out a slump. If it's an arm. That sounds stressful for the player. Yeah, I think some of these guys, Julie, will revert back to the ones that played in college to what was a college baseball season because that's 60 games is a, is a college baseball season. In the case of a guy like Nolan, I don't think anything matters really to Nolan. He just goes like gangbusters anyhow. But, you know, he was a high school sign. David Dahl was a high school sign. Trevor Story was a high school sign. So they can't revert back in their mind and go, yeah, I remember when I was playing at LSU and mm-hmm. and they can't go there. They just have to go, I, I'm just going to go – you know, balls out for 60 games and know that they're not going to come out of the lineup. They're not going to get a day off barring knock on wood. You know, they have to take a day off. They have one day off, I think in August. Yeah. What's wild. I don't know how many people focused on this. The Rockies have two days off in the first week, which I I don't know how to, I guess. All right. Not bad. You kind of go in slowly, but then they're going to play 33 out of 34 days You'd almost probably rather have one or two a, late, a little bit later on, yeah. but that's the way the schedule fell. Yeah. Hey, speaking of David Dahl, as we know, uh, David Dahl's wife does marketing for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, ching, ching, ding, ding, however you want to talk about money. Hello? Hopefully she got a nice little... Well, well, she's not his agent, and but she's she, marketing. She, she's marketing, she runs right? his marketing, Yeah, and he is as marketable an athlete as there is in sports right now, and... You know, congratulations to Jacqueline and right. congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. Next time I run into him, I'm going to certainly ask him to buy me a beer. And secondary, congratulations to David Dahl because. Yeah. 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 His I mean, wife, his wife's a superstar. Exactly. And he's, hey, and he's a pretty good baseball player. And he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you had a chance to catch up with your broadcast partners who I love. I really, I've told you this before. I think the crew on AT&T Sportsnet, it's a, it's a really fun crew to watch. So we're going to hear from some of your partners coming up next. But before we do that, of course, we want to tell you about Boyer's Coffee. 
You and I are both huge coffee drinkers, and especially Boyer's Coffee, one of our very valued sponsors. They love the chance to get to know their customers and hear the stories that involve their coffee. It might be a memorable conversation with a loved one over a cup of Rocky Mountain Thunder, one of our favorites. Maybe a special experience at the cafe, or maybe you remember a time we had a chat with Bill Boyer himself. They want to hear about it. Tell us how Boyer's Coffee plays a role in your Colorado experience in one of two ways. You can enter online by visiting boyerscoffee.com backslash Colorado stories or go on Facebook and create a post and tag us at Boyer's Coffee so that they can see your post. You can win a Colorado crafted t-shirt. One winner will be chosen each week through the end of August. You can enter as many times as you'd like. Just go to boyerscoffee.com backslash Colorado stories. And if you don't get a chance to do that, of course, you can find Boyer's uh, Coffee at your local grocery store or you can order online. And uh, that's what I do. I pop in uh, in my Keurig. 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 How do you pronounce that? Keurig. Keurig. Yeah, you said Keurig. Whatever. That thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that you is put it in. K-U-E-R-I-G. Yeah. That thing. Then I, I pop the, the Boyer's thing in. I pull it down. And, you know, next thing and you boom. have a coffee. Boom. Right. Then you're happy. Boom, you have a coffee. I mm-hmm. uh, also want to thank our friends at Ideal Home Loans. I was on the phone uh, or made, made a call earlier to Brent Ivinson. I was talking to him last week, uh, redoing a loan with Brent done alone previously with Brent. They take wonderful care of you. They get all your questions answered. Um, they, they make it one-stop shopping. So if you are in the market for a new home, if you are in the market at all for refinancing, which is the thing to do right now, you're going to save a lot of money with interest rates at historic lows. Or if you're consolidating debt, give them a call. 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. They're coming up on their 20-year anniversary next year they have an a plus rating with the better business bureau they're a local direct mortgage banker ideal home loans brent ivinson's team is terrific 303-867-7000 303-867-7000 and we're going to start this week we have a, we have a trio of interviews that ideal home loans is going to bring us this week and we'll start with uh my longest standing partner the former 12-year big leaguer jeff Hewson. Well, Hugh, you and I talk all the time, but now we can say with a degree of conviction that we are actually going to perform our jobs in the not too distant future. It's kind of weird, though, because especially for you, because you played forever and you've never had a summer off. And now you've had the bulk of the summer off. It's kind of strange, isn't it? It, it really is. I mean, you know, you and I, you're right. We talk, if not every day, every other day. And, and early on, it was a case where we thought, Hey, we're, we're going to be back to work soon. And then the longer this, uh, virus and pandemic kept up, we were like, well, are we going to be able to come back at all? So I'm still cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping, uh, you know, but I, uh, until we're actually doing the game on the 24th, I'm, I'm still, I, I think there's still a part of me that's going, uh oh. I, I just hope this, this trend continues and we can go down the path of, of calling baseball games again. Yeah. I was really excited. I thought it was great news. It made a lot of, you know, less than great news about the virus nationally of late. With, within baseball, it was 0.7% of the people tested, and I want to say, Huey, it was over 9,000 tests, and and I think just somewhere around 81 players tested positive. So it was a much smaller number than I think most people and most experts would have guessed. 
Well, absolutely, and I think that's the best thing about it is there there were a lot fewer positives than what uh, I think they were even predicting. I think they were looking maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, three to five percent, like uh, what you saw in the NBA, over five percent. So uh, that that was absolutely great news, and to, to see the amount of testing that they've been able to do, and I know there's been some hiccups with it, but at least to be able to come back and say, okay, this is the percentage, and you know the, all the protocols they have in place. Just talking to some of the guys, as far as just going into the stadium or going coming out, everything that they're doing, they're 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 doing this the right way and trying to uh, help push this forward. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt about that. Let's talk about baseball, which is what you and I love to do. And, and I know you're following it um, either there or from afar with what guys are doing. It's pretty safe to say that Nolan is ready to play regular season games and continue to be a superstar. We'll start there. <laughs> As if that was a shocking uh, revelation. Right, yeah. because yeah. Uh, it, 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 they could decide to play a game in January on January first, and he would be ready to go. Um, now, it, it, to watch him to continue to do a thing—that's what I probably miss the most—is the joy that we get every night calling a baseball game, watching some of the best players, uh, the best players on the planet, do their job, and in, in particular, Nolan or Trevor, to watch those guys and uh, the way they do it. But yeah, Nolan even against his teammates, say, "I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I'm going to have to take you deep." Yeah, and he seems to do it about twice a night. The other thing that uh, jumps out at me is that the Rockies, you know, we hear stories where, you know, this guy opted out. There had been a big number, but, you know, David Price, Buster Posey, yeah, and I know because I know you so well, you and I both respect um, and understand why the individuals who did opt out uh, decided upon that. But with the Rockies, everybody, because Charlie Blackman's back in the fold as we tape this on a Monday night. Uh, the, everybody is involved, and it seems like there is a thousand percent commitment to each other to stay as safe as possible. And Huey, good health more this season than ever before could truly uh, determine who the winner is, the last one standing. Absolutely. It, you know, how many times does a manager say that in spring training? Oh, we need good health, and we need this, and this time. It, it, good health is not just a cliche. It is ab, it's an absolute. It's whatever team is able to stay the healthiest. And, and just listening to some of the comments, and I'm talking from the the guys in the clubhouse because they're the ones that are really going to set the tone. And I'm talking about from Nolan and Trevor and the way they've already talked to the guys and said, "Hey, fellas, we have to do this." The interesting point of this was when Nolan had his press conference, I believe it was yesterday, and I was listening to it, and he said, you know what, it made me realize how much I miss baseball just to be back. And I think for a lot of guys, that is going to be the case this year. We get wrapped up as a baseball player. We get wrapped up in, okay, I, I have a season, and then once the season ends, i got to start training for next year, and i got to, I got to do this. And so you kind of get into this baseball mentality in this bubble, and you kind of lose perspective of what's out there. But then once it's kind of taken away from you for a little bit, you realize, oh, man, I really do love this game, and I realize that the clock is ticking. I didn't think it would it would be as, a, say, a 28, 29-year-old. I'm, I'm invincible at that age, right? 
We all felt that way. Sure. But then when it's taken away, even for three or four months, you're going, oh, wait a second. This is no fun. And so I think when you see these guys play these exhibition games, how much fun they're having just playing a, a meaningless inter-squad games, which to me, those are the most difficult and most challenging ones to get up for. But yet these guys are smiling when, out, when they're out there playing. It's good practice, is it not, Huey, in that these inter-squad games are devoid of fans, obviously, and the regular season games, as we know, at least initially, will be devoid of fans. So it sort of, am I right, gets them ready for the atmosphere? Yeah, I, I think so, because you have to go back you know, to your minor league days playing in front of 50 people sometimes where it was just uh, a case of the competition that got you up for the game. But then once you get to the big leagues, even if it's a small crowd, even if it's a crowd of 10,000 people or whatever, at least you can hear some noise going on. But for these guys, this is going to be a brand-new environment, a brand-new thing that they're going to have to deal with. And I think at first it's not going to be a problem because they're just going to be excited to be back but then as it gets on as you're talking into the 20 30 40th game of the season hopefully we'll have some fans by that point but if they don't I think that's when it becomes a little more challenging one of the things that I've seen and you can hear it underneath the uh, the surface is that the mantra that last year was an aberration and how motivated they were to put that behind them and and in their minds get back to their rightful place of being in the postseason as they were the two previous years. You heard that, you felt that during the original spring training. I'm starting to feel that again uh, in some of the rhetoric and just the underlying thoughts that, that seem to be emanating from this summer camp. Uh, would you concur? Yeah, because once you make the playoffs and you get a taste of that, then um, it's it's just this unusual high that you get playing the game because it's a different environment. And so I think the guys uh, being able to, to play in 17, play in 18 in the playoffs, and you got a lot of the same guys, or if there are new guys coming in the last couple of years, they've been on playoff winning teams. So then to go through what they did last year, you know, get off to that awful start. And then they had a nice run where they were 14 games above 500 during a stretch and then finished uh, as poorly as they did. I, I think it, it, it fuels you a little bit. It fuels you to say, hey, that was an aberration. That's not who we are collectively. And we, let's get back to making the playoffs again, even though it's only going to be 60 games. To the guys, it doesn't matter the, the, the amount of games. That's what the schedule tells you. So that's what you're going to do. I'm going to put you on the spot uh, with two questions. Number one, give me a player outside of, say, Nolan or Trevor that is going to have a, a large impact on the Rockies' fortunes over the next 60 games. You know what? I'm going to go with somebody young and, and maybe a bench guy. I'm thinking maybe a Sam Hilliard type. I, I, I really – uh, like what I've seen from him. Yeah, all the other guys are going to do their thing, but I think Sam's going to be a valuable piece to this to this ball club this year. Yeah, I, I, he was uh, he was a guest last week on the podcast, and and you and I both love the kid. He's made of the right stuff, and he's really really talented, and he wants desperately not just to be a big leaguer, uh, but he wants to be a great player. I think you're right. I mean, I really think he can impact this uh, this team. Uh, in this initial 
uh, first season in the big leagues for him. All right, the second uh, spot I'm going to put you in is give me the number of wins in 2020 for the Colorado Rockies. Now, Huey, if you say 90, we're going to have to call BS on you. Uh, oh, darn it, because that's usually my go-to. <laughs> that's an easy one. It's a nice number. It indicates you've had a really good year. Right. I, I say to, to be able to make the playoffs, you're going to have to be somewhere in the 35-win range is kind of what I'm looking at. you got to be 10, 12 games over 500 yeah. uh, to, to make the playoffs in this shortened season. So we we should mark you down for thirty five. Yes. Okay. Um, have you have you practiced, which you always wanted to do anyhow? Your social distancing when you're broadcasting with me. <laughs> I've done that for the last fourteen years, so right. it's not going to be any different this year. You sit way over to to, to my left, uh, you know, and you just stay as far away from me as possible. Turn your back. And I'll turn my back, and we'll we'll have a good game. Yeah, well, that that's what we'll do. I called Wendy earlier, and she said, "Hey, it's it'll be easy." I've been social distancing from him for a long time now. Also, <laughs> obviously, you did. Okay. Got it. <laughs> hey, brother, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in a few days, and and we'll actually be doing this thing. Uh, fingers crossed for real. And I I know you and I are both really looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait, buddy. Can't wait for sure. All right, man. Stay well. Enjoy the mountains uh, when you go up there. Okay, take care. So this is a different way that we do it. That first part of the interview, of course, brought to you by Ideal Home Loans. Jeff Hewson. I love Huey. Love watching you guys together. Did you miss him? Yeah, but I talked to Huey. You heard during the interview. I talked mm-hmm. to Huey all the time. Yeah, but you didn't get to hug him. And I, yeah, well, it, you know what? We we don't match up well. He's six four. <laughs> and I'm five six and a half. Right. That's awkward. Yeah. No, no, I love Huey. I love Wendy. He has a super family. He's one of those people. How many people, other than me, friends of yours, do you have that you say if someone doesn't like that person, I know that person's a jackass. <laughs> Very few, and Huey's one of those. Huey's but you're one right. of those guys. You're if totally you don't like right. Huey, you're a jackass. Totally. Right. It's yeah, impossible not to like him. He's impossible not to like him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we go from Huey, <laughs> and we do a 180, and we talk to another one of my partners. Um, perhaps you've heard of him, Ryan Spilborgs. Well, Spilly, I will say this to begin. This has been a challenging time for everybody, not just uh, Americans, but people around the world, specifically in, in our little world, people in baseball. But there has been a silver lining because I'm calling you late on a Tuesday night. Uh, you, have a, you have a crazy schedule and you had the opportunity and you do on a nightly basis now to put Kiera and Tatum to bed, which ordinarily for six months, you can't do that. So there's a big silver lining, right? Besides being home all the time where my wife is looking at this thing is not a silver lining that, because <laughs> I'm I'm having to be home all the time, messing up the routine. It has been amazing family time, Drew. I mean, you, you understand it. I've never had a 4th of July before uh, where I wasn't at a ball field. I miss baseball more than anything. I mean, that's that's a given. But to tuck in your kids every single night, to you know, saw you know I was at Tatum's baseball game today at 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 five o'clock all the way until eight thirty. There's a rain delay, and you know if this was baseball season, I would have missed it, and I would have missed last week's game, and I would have missed Kiara's game. So it's been it's been wonderful, and I don't know if you know this, but during during the broadcast this season. 
Um, I'm doing all the games from my house. So I will still be given the opportunity to tuck my kids in while being part of the broadcast. I'm doing the pre and post from a home studio that, uh, that we're doing. I have a hardwired device that allows me to connect to the broadcast. So you're going to see me just <laughs> from my house um, as kind of like what has happened during this whole COVID thing. It's just insane. Right. Well, that's a blessing for us, but it's not final because I don't know if you're aware of this. Monday morning at, at like 0700, your wife, Stacy, called the powers that be at AT&T and protested very loudly and vociferously that she did not. I mean, she was she thought this was going to be the end of having to deal with you on it on a daily basis. And now she's come to find out that you're not leaving the house. So it's not, it's not a done deal yet. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like a, as a, as an aside, being able to, you know, obviously everybody's different, right? Perspectives are different. Where you are in your life is different. How you view what's going on in the world is different. And it's fine. Uh, our family is, is very conservative and has been conservative with, um, you know, our bubble and who we allow in and out of our bubble since day one. And, uh, you know, when I, when I asked AT&T, because I do, I have concerns about, um, you know, our, our, our teammates, our, our employees, our, our, the people that I work with. And, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a strong, healthy person, but I, I do. I had some, Concerns for some people that, that you and I both know, um, that are considered high risk. And I just said, I, I have concerns. And if there is a way to address it, I think it would be smart. And, and AT&T responded and said, we hear you. And, um, to be able to look at your wife and tell her that you have, you're working for a company that, um, you know, is, is considerate of what you know, her view is and how she wants to protect our, our family and our children. And what, you know, down the road, we might feel like we've too vigilant about it. Uh, but for right now, since, you know, there's so many unknowns and the unease is real, it's a, it, I mean, we can get into some baseball stuff when it, when we talk about mental health during the season. But, um, Drew, honestly, being able to tell Stacy that I'm going to work from home. Um, during this time frame was one of the biggest reliefs I've had. I've been able to give my wife, um, you know, since I've started working. And, uh, you know, that, that is, that is a benefit that I've never been able to say before, which is, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to cover a season, being innovative as much as I want to be around the guys more than anything. You know, it's, it's, this environment's just, it's, it's different for everybody. And it, it certainly has been different for our family and being able to do something that I love uh, more than anything, which is watching call baseball games with you and the group is just going to be different this year. And um, I'm embracing it and my wife has embraced it too. So um, it is, it is, it's, it's a wild time. I mean, like at the end of the day, it is wild. It is wild for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I've said this many times when the chapter 80 years from now is written about the 21st century. Uh, the chapter of 2020 will not be a small one. It will be a large and um, thorough review of a very different time and, and a difficult time. And uh, I'm, listen, 
I'm still going to give you a hard time. You know that even even though you're going to be in your basement, we'll have plenty of jokes about that. The one thing everybody's going to miss, fans mostly, and and us as a broadcast team, is um, maybe the annual day where you look at a uh, bull mastiff and mistake it for a chihuahua. We won't have that. Well, I I can say, look, I am getting really creative in my basement, and I can promise you this. Um, there is an area in my basement that I am setting up for this, you know, quasi studio that is going to give me the ability to do some really funny things. Um, I do think I will be able to visit Mastiffs and Chihuahuas and Chihuinis and Chihuahua Doodles, whatever the, the newest dog that's been, <laughs> that's been produced. Uh, I'm telling you, there's going to be some, I think, I think this lends itself right up, right into my kind of wheelhouse to be goofy and funny and still, you know, keep us in line for, for baseball. Um, I'm just saying, look, be prepared the first time I bust out the green screen uh, during a broadcast. I think you're going to love it. Oh, don't tell, you have a green screen? Yeah. So I could be on the moon. I could be in the batter's box. I could be playing... Uh, in the puppy bowl. So who knows? This thing, this actually could be very entertaining. And then people can send you props. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of uh, contributors. No doubt. doubt. Yeah, this this is going to be fun. It will be different, uh, certainly calling it, especially on the road, um, because we're going to be calling it off of monitors. And everybody, we've talked about this, everybody in in whatever they do has had to adjust. and, And we're going to have to significantly adjust. But I'm just excited about baseball and it it's different it's a college season something you can really relate to spilly when you were at UCSB this is about how the length of a season uh you would play and I I think for the guys that came right out of high school like Trevor and Nolan I mean those guys are gamers they're they're going to be just fine but I think you know guys like Charlie Blackman they'll revert back to their days in college a little bit wouldn't you think I'm not sure. You, you know, it's such an interesting question because, you know, talking to players and understanding that it's a 60 game sprint with a DH is totally uncommon to National League players. All these, all like to an American League team, okay, they're used to the DH. 60 games, everybody's in the same, you know, everybody's on the on the same page on, on what that's going to look like. We don't know. Um, I, I do believe, and, and I mean, like, think about this, Drew. This is what makes this season so amazing. You could play 500 baseball through the f- first 50 games. You go 7-10 and 10, the last 10 or the first week. Um, you put yourself in a chance to be in a playoff spot. I mean, it, it's it's as simple as that. You can legitimately play 500 baseball for about nine weeks and then get hot the last week and you're you're in a playoff Um so I, I see, I see a couple things happening. Do I think it's going to revert back to college days? I hope so because that, those were some of my my most endearing moments ever. Um, you know, we we play as as professional baseball players. You play in empty stadiums. You know, I played in empty stadiums in the minor leagues. I did it uh, in instructional league. I did it in spring training. Guys will be fine with that. Um, it's going to be the day to day grind of following the protocols of. Staying sequestered, of it's going to be a real 
tax on on the mind of these players. You know, they're 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 just there's just a lot, and so that that is where I'm going to look at the Nolans and the Trevors and the Charlies and the the Kyles that have that are kind of these leaders um, in this group and lean, and really focus on their ability to lead, to encourage, and to have conversations with guys that may be struggling to get them out of it quicker. Because I think there's so many aspects about the season where, you know, you said 50 years from now we're going to look back at this at this year and go, we're, we're going to have so many books written about it. Um, I really think at the end of the season, after we see what, what's going to be a case study in in what happens to this to an athlete in this environment um, is can can a lot of positives can innovation can you know new ways to measure athletes come out of this thing absolutely and that's what I'm excited about um, because I, I I really think it's going to come from within more so and you and you get this you know as being a coach yourself that the the mental acuity necessary for this season and relying on your teammates and then being able to psych yourself up for every single game, even if you're going through a rough stretch, is going to be the separator between a really good team and a really bad team. I don't think the talent across the board in 60 games is really going to vary much. I think it's going to be really close. Um, So the teams that are most focused and most resilient mentally, and that's a word that the Rockies have used for the last two years, um, that's going to lend itself, that's going to bubble this year where it could be an actual benefit for the Rocks. Yeah, you hit on something interesting uh, earlier, Spilly, and I'm sure you've talked about this on MLB Radio with, with Casey and and some other guys, and that is the fact that when you only play 60, and as you said, through 50, you could be 500 and you could still be in a great playoff spot. You know, you win seven of your final 10 and you're right there. There's got to be a much higher likelihood that we'll have some play-in games, maybe multiple play-in games this year, just to get to the postseason. There's no question. I was looking at some of the stats from, and and it's crazy when you start, Fangraphs did, did a really good article about it, so it's, I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, but if you go and, and segment 60 games at various times in the in a season, you'll see that the there's not a great separator amongst teams. There, there's not. They're they're kind of squashed within a game or two. Last year, the first 60 games of the season, though, uh, in the National League West, it's a different story. The Dodgers are a monster. The Dodgers, I think, um, last year in the first 60 games had a, over a nine and a half game lead on the Rockies. Um, in that time frame, and I think their their biggest lead in the division was 14 games already. So you you can see, you know, if you're a good team and you get off to a fast start, you have a chance to to make some separation. But in general, Drew, I I don't see I don't see big separation. I don't see one team just running away with it. I I'm going. I I really believe it's going to be. One of those seasons where you got to look at who starts the year on the road. Um, you know, you got to look at who has home games against who. I think there's going to be significant home field advantages. Rockies start on the road. They end on the road. I don't think that that's a benefit, but the main portion in the middle of the season uh, lends itself to the Rockies because there's a lot of important home games. Listen, you, you didn't pitch, but being a position player – you trained in Arizona, and then you are 
flown to Denver after we starting on the road. They're training in Denver for three weeks. Scott Oberg said this will be very helpful, particularly to the pitchers. Do you concur from a hitter standpoint? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, again, when you start dissecting, you know, what are the benefits of, of this spring training or the summer camp for the Rockies? Acclimating the pitchers for three weeks to Denver's altitude is huge. For a position player, we get it. I mean, anybody that's lived in Colorado for a long time knows you go on a 14er or you're at sea level and then you come to Coors Field, it wears and tears on your body. Uh, But the way that this is establishing itself for the Rockies is that these bodies can get acclimated, recover, uh, and they're getting a better opportunity to see how their fastball is working at altitude right now. They get a chance to ask Nolan or Trevor, hey, what did you see on my slider? They might say, start it lower, start it higher, um, go to the secondary pitch. You know, this this pitch isn't working for you. Go to changeup. You know, if you're talking to Jeff Hoffman, use your use your changeup off of your forcing fastball at the top of the zone. It's a good swing and miss. They would never get this feedback. They would never get the opportunity to pitch and get true true responses from hitters that aren't busting up their ERA. <laughs> Then right now, it is, it's amazing. Like if you really think about that, it is an absolute, um, benefit for the Rockies pitchers when you can, when you can go into this environment competing against your teammates, getting the feedback you need at an altitude in an environment that most people struggle. And when you do pitch here, it's against competition, which bangs up your stats. It's, it's, it's Scott's right. It benefits the pitcher. Does any player in baseball hit 20 home runs or drive in 50 this year? This year, No. Not going to happen? There's no question. I mean, there's there's just no way. Uh, I I think I had looked it up. 60 games, if you're averaging four at-bats, it's somewhere in the 240 to 250 at-bats. So in 250 at-bats, you think a player is going to hit 20 to 25 home runs? I mean, that's... Uh, even it, even in the day and age where this game has evolved, yeah, um, I I don't see it. And I think one of the numbers, if you were to do that, you're you're on you know you're you're on paces that very rarely does a player uh, hit a home run every twelve at bats. You know, you start getting into the Bonds or the McGuire territory, um, and I and I just don't see that. Not not the way that that hitters are going to be exposed to. Some teams, Drew, like I heard Tampa Bay might carry 18 pitchers on their roster. You know, you tell me what a, what a scouting reporter or a hitter's meeting is going to sound like <laughs> when you're having to review 18 pitchers for a three-game series. You know, like what, what, what are you supposed to do? So I, I just can't picture um, – I can't picture 20 more homers. I can't picture – I can picture 50 RBIs. I can see 50. Uh, even though runs, I think, are going to come at a premium. I, I'm, I've been on the record of saying this. Batting averages, if you're a fan of baseball, don't look at batting averages this year because they are not going to be good. Um, they, we might see batting average league-wide in the 230s, and you have to be okay with it. Just because timing's not there yet? There's just no way. I mean, I, I can't – looking at some of the scores from the scrimmages – some hitters are starting to catch up, but the first week, I think, you know, looking at a Houston Astros scrimmage, 
the very first game that they played in Grand, it was I think it was seven inning game. It was a no hitter. You know, Verlander no hit the Astros, and that's a pretty good hitting lineup. So um, I think it, it it's going to be really difficult for offenses to get on board right away. I I really think the the aspect where the National League has a benefit uh, again, just you know, looking at at everything, being able to manufacture a run, being able to steal a base, a dirt ball. Um, the station-to-station game in, in 2020, if you're a station-to-station team, you're not going to do well. Trevor being able to steal bags, Dahl being able to steal bags. You know, the the running aspect, I think, is going to be really important, going first to third, scoring from second on a single, um, taking the extra base, all those little nuances where, you know, you get a walk, you should maybe consider a hit and run. Um, you should consider a, a ball in the dirt to take those chances um, because you have to put pressure on defense. Defense is going to be a premium as well. I mean, defense and manufacturing runs are really going to be highlights in the season the way the way I'm looking at it. Hey, by the way, just for giggles, it was pre-Humidor, but 97, Larry Walker's MVP season, Hall of Famer Larry Walker, hit 417 with 22 jacks his first 60 games. Pretty extraordinary. That would win an MVP this year. That would that would win the MVP this year in 2020 also. Hey, just a couple moments left. Spilly, give me a guy not named Nolan, not named Trevor, who you believe will have a very large impact on the Rockies' fortunes in this 60-game sprint. <sighs> so the biggest thing about this season and one that we've, we rarely focus on, players 26 – through 60 are really, really significant. Um, I think David Dahl is going to have a great year. Uh, I'm excited to see John Gray and Herman. Uh, I'd love to see Kyle Freeland bounce back. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a player between 26 and 60 that's going to impact this Rockies run. I'm not sure who it is. Um, it, 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 it could be an arm. It could be... It could be somebody that you weren't expecting. And when you have a 30-man roster, those guys, 26 through 30, are going to have to pitch. They're going to have to produce. They're going to play. And and that's the beauty of this year's game. As much as I w- I'm going to tell you, like, McMahon looks great. And I think Daniel Murphy getting a chance to, to DH is going to be a huge benefit. Uh, I, I think... You know, Tapia saying he wants to be an MVP. The basketball skills are there, and I think it's really important, especially um, with the amount of pitchers you're going to see. The player between 26 and 60, the guy we are not looking at, is going to have the biggest impact on this rocky season, and it's going to. And I have a feeling it's going to be a reliever. Um, and and that's going to you're you're going to find out. That's the beauty is we're going to find out. We're going to see players come up and come down so many times this year because of COVID. Um, because I think there's going to be a higher rate of injuries this year as well. There's somebody that's not on our radar that's going to absolutely impact the Rocky season. Give me a win total. <sighs> so if I if I go along my lines of thinking, uh, 50 games, you play 500. So <laughs> you're basically 25 and 25, and you, then you go 7 and 10, uh, the last stretch that puts the Rockies, I'm not great at math, at 32 wins, uh, 27 losses. And that, that would get them in a playoff spot. So, uh, or 32 and 28. 
32 and 28. I told you I'm not good at math. That puts him in a playoff spot. So I, I could see a 32 and 28. Um, I'd like him to realistically a 34 wins would, would definitely get them a spot. I don't see anybody winning more than, more than 40 games this season. So, um, 32 is a, is a good number for the Rockies. Yeah. Somebody, if somebody wins 40, they're going to be popping champagne. There's no question. You win 40, you're in. It's a slam dunk. A couple of years ago, in the middle of the season, the Dodgers went 51-9 and over a 60-game stretch. Yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah, not going to happen this year. Spilly, it's it's late. You have radio, I'm sure, two stints at least tomorrow. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. And I'd like to say I'll see you shortly. Um, that will be more of, I, I guess, a figurative statement than a literal one. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting going. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I'm only a Zoom call away, so I'm I'm right there at the at, at the end of your your screen, whatever screen you have. Yeah. See, something tells me you've run that line now a few times. I'm just a Zoom call away, but that's you. I like that. <laughs> it's actually uh, the first time. I guess yeah. it worked okay. It worked. It worked great. I can't wait to see in front of that green screen on Mars, man. That's gonna be awesome. That'll <laughs> be good. Hey, thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. So this we know about Spilly. He legitimately is as wacky as we see him on TV. Like, that's not an act, right? Or is it an act? Well, Spilly is a, is a complex guy. Oh. Because he can be, you know, very self-deprecating. Yeah. And very comfortable being self-deprecating. And that is a part of his personality. Yeah. But he can be very serious. He's a very bright guy. And... So there, there are many sides to spilly. to spilly. It's not just silly spilly. <laughs> okay. As George used to say. Right. Yeah. And you have one more partner. Yeah. Well, you know, Corey Sullivan, who was a longtime teammate of spilly, uh, is in the booth occasionally and does a lot of pre and post game shows. So we wanted to hear from all three of our analysts and, and get their thoughts on the Rocky season. Well, I guess the most natural question I could ask you right now through all of this how excited are you about uh, returning to our gig covering the Rockies? I'll be honest with you. I, every year when baseball season comes around, you kind of get that itch, you know what I mean, where it's February and you're excited, you get to head down to Arizona, whether, whether I was playing or covering the team. And that came and went, and there was this void that is still there. It was, it, it's been there ever since. And to me, I've been over to Coors Field once to watch – some of the workouts go on for summer camp. I think you have as well. And that kind of got me really anxious, really kind of being like, I, okay, there's actually going to be baseball played. I'm going to get excited because I've kind of, you know me, I'm, I try and stay real static. I don't try and get real high or real low. And it kind of got me on that uptick. I liked it. I'm, I'm anxious to get back and watch these boys play some baseball. Yeah. And you know what, Corey, picking up on that thought, honestly, you know, a month and a half ago when we were all frustrated with the ongoing, quote unquote, negotiations, I still felt like there was going to be baseball. They'll agree on some number of games and, and they'll play it through. And then there was the uptick with the virus and great concern, understandably. And then I was like, well, shoot, are they going to be able to get through this? And then having like you've been down there and now watching as they're into their well into their second week of, of preparation, 
I, I really am optimistic they're going to be able to get through this. Not that there's not going to be a hiccup or, or some more positive tests throughout baseball. There certainly will be. But I think they're going to get through it. I do as well. I think with the safety and health protocols that have been put in place, that with the combination of accountability and responsibility that the players are taking, I think that's the biggest piece of the puzzle is can everybody take care of themselves and stay in and do what they need to do so that they can go out and play baseball. And so far, it seems that the Rockies, as well as a lot of other teams in baseball, have been able to do that. You know, all, all three of you guys, um, all, all three of our analysts uh, on AT&T Sportsnet, uh, former big leaguers, obviously, but also former college players. You know, you, you think about Nolan and Trevor and, and David Dahl. They came right out of high school. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I was talking to Spilly a little bit about it. Can you draw an analogy at all, uh, Corey, to your days at Wake when you played a 60-game season? Now, it was kind of weekend intensive and maybe a, a game during the week. But um, will, will some of the college guys draw upon that, you think? Oh, I definitely think they will. But here's one of those questions I would have for you, because I grew up at a time where there was no area code games. You know, there were no showcases. So I feel like some of the guys, high school kids, may play around 60 games as well. Is that true? Oh, I mean, now, you know, my my guys who were, you know, played travel ball before, you know, in high school and college, they were playing if you added everything up, they're playing over 100 games a, a year as, you know, as a kid. Right. So, I, And that's what I mean is I don't feel like the high school kids are going to get left behind because of the 60-game structure that college baseball has. But the one thing, the one little extra I may say it has for college is you have that finish line, right? You, All of us always thought college World Series, college, we're going to Omaha, we're going to Omaha. And you got to build to that. And I think the college guys set that bar, whereas high school guys don't know how many games they're going to be in it for with the showcases and all of that. College guys... Um, when they come out of college and they have that 60 game, it kind of gets taken away from them in a competitive way because the minor league season is so long and it's different, right? You, the end goal isn't necessarily always to win a championship at each minor league level because you may move levels. Uh, but th- that instinct inside them, it's, I think you're going to see it come out. How much different do you think the games will be managed, you know, and specifically by Buddy, for uh, for instance? Uh, number one, I think he doesn't have to anticipate pinch hitting, which is phenomenal. I think as a pitcher himself, that means there's a little extra leash for all of his starters, right? Uh, you don't have to worry about when the pitcher spot's coming up in the order. Where things are going to get real interesting for me with Bud and Red being so good and able to communicate is that three-hitter rule in the bullpen. Uh, and you and I have talked about this, Spilly and I, Hugh and I, I, I mean, imagine a situation where Scott Oberg's pitched two days in a row and he's thrown 57 pitches in those two days and you need to get one out. And are you risking someone like a Scott Oberg, or it could be anybody, really, I'm just using Scott's name, to go out there and what if he doesn't get that out? Now he's got to stay out there for two more hitters. Also, the threshold for how you can let a, an individual navigate a quote-unquote slump is completely different when you're playing 60. It, it is. It is for sure. That is uh, – I'm anxious to see. We've. I, I think in 94, how many – do you remember how many games they played? Uh, oh, man. I, I think it was 100, 100. I think it was right – either right before the All-Star game or right after, correct? Yeah, you, you're right because they missed 50, yeah. 59 days and then came back. And, I mean – 
a hitter slump when you think proportional 162 games, right? You're 10%. You're talking about 16 games? Yep. Oof. I mean, that, at a 64, that's almost 24%. How about for closer? No, I know. I mean, that's, but how do managers adapt to that? Is there a, and this is where maybe we see analytics come shining through again, or we see it be able to predict something where after five games, they may know, okay, we got to get them out. We got to get them out and get them right and get somebody else in. I was talking to the, to your, your colleagues about this. It's funny using that term. It's sounding so <laughs> official. What guy not named Nolan or Trevor or a couple of guys, do you think will have the, the greatest impact on the Rockies in this 60 game sprint? Ooh, I think honestly, there's a lot of potential. I could, Say somebody like Hampson, I think he could have a phenomenal season being a super utility type player where he gets some guys off their feet when they're DHing, right? Then you talk about Rymel Tapia getting an opportunity with the Endesman opting out. He could really thrust them forward offensively as well. I, I think Hilliard could do some damage. I mean, I'm excited just to kind of see because we're going to, we're going to see how many guys you think, 45, maybe 50? Boy, you think the number will be that high? I, I, I don't, I, you never know. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's uh, Matt Kemp. I'll be honest with you. I everything he's ever done at Coors Field terrifies me until he put on a Rockies uniform. <laughs> well, I, I hope there's something left in the tank, right? I think offensively, Matt is always going to be there getting basketball. I think Coors Field, obviously, the big spacious outfield will help him. And again, he could be used in that DH spot at times, I think. Yeah. One of, one of the positive stories you and I have witnessed a little bit in, in these couple of weeks that uh, that they've you know now participated in is Daniel Murphy. Two things. One or three things. One, you and I both know he was hurt last year. The broken finger never recovered. He wasn't the Daniel Murphy we've seen throughout his career because this guy can flat out rake. He's one of those guys that falls under the category, Sully, and you played with some of these cats that they'll roll out of bed when they're 80 years old and they'll still be able to put the bat on the baseball. He's one of those guys, and he's having a good camp. Uh, there's no question he was hurt, and I think it affected his approach. I think he's talked a little bit about not covering the inside pitch as much last year as he had in years past, and that was really one of his goals as well. I, I've sang Daniel's praises as a hitter. I, I mean, I played with him his rookie year. Then listening to him talk in 2009, I finally think – me as a 40-year-old can understand what he was saying then. And I didn't understand it until I really stepped away from the game and started really breaking things down. He is so astute. His hand-eye coordination is off the charts. He's like, he, he's just like Todd like that. But I think he brings a little bit different mental acuity aspect than any of the greatest hitters I've seen because most of them were just gifted. I think Daniel really separates himself on that side. Will will the Rockies pitch enough and, and clearly knock on wood, just like any other team, you have to have good health. And it's not just good health now with injury. You have to have good health with the virus, probably more than some others do nationally. But clearly, there's not a lot of depth there. Well, again, it's one of those things in a 60-game season, you may not need depth. I mean, we can rely or the Rockies can rely on, you know, more relievers. They can definitely do a full bullpen day. Uh, they may be able to do it more than once a week and give guys rest so that nobody ever really slumps, nobody ever gets a little dead arm. And this is one of those things, and you know it, 
you remember a couple of years ago where they went three times through the rotation where every one of the guys got into the seventh or later? And if that happens coming out of the gates and with some of the teams they play early, they could put themselves at a good pace. Now they're going to have to keep up, obviously. Yeah. I got, I got one for you, Corey. When um, when it goes to extra innings, and it hasn't been talked a lot about, and I, hadn't, I didn't ask Huey about this, I haven't asked Spilly about this, I'll ask you. It's a California tiebreaker rule. Um, the minor leagues have adopted it the last couple of years. Runner on second to begin the inning. Um, if you're coming up, I, someone like yourself, I really like it because I've looked at the percentages. It's not automatic sacrifice, but for someone like you who can bunt for a hit and maybe at worst it becomes a sacrifice and at best it becomes a first and third situation, how do you play it and how do you like it strategically? Um, well, as I, I do like pure baseball. I do like the extra ring, but in a season like this where you need to protect health, uh, I think it's important to make it adaptations, and why not do it this year? For me, I told, I joked about this. Uh, I might come out of retirement. I, I could use a year of service time getting some sack bunts down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it was arguably one of my best skills. I think you really will see use of the bunt and run. I think you will. Uh, I think they're, you're going to let the guy at second get a running start, and you're going to see if a guy can handle the bat. I think guys are going to try and get creative up at the plate. Um, I think we will see more sack bunts in that scenario for sure. I think they'll give a guy a, a swing or two to see if they can get it done. But I think at this point, too, we all know who can handle the bat and hit the ball, you know, 80% of the time hit the ball to the right side if they need to. Yeah, we'll all have plenty of conversations about this when games do go to extra innings, and it's going to be, you know, fascinating to discuss it further and discuss the percentages. I, I will say this right now. I think that the home team if the visiting team doesn't score, is far more likely to bunt than the road team to start off an inning. Because if you play for just one run and you do get that marker, now the home team has a runner in scoring position to tie the game. And if they get anybody else on, it becomes the winning run. So you almost like limit yourself if uh, you, you provide a ceiling that is unnecessary if you're the visiting team. But I, again, it's going to be fascinating to see how – how it all plays out. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, from a defensive standpoint, if I was on defense, I didn't intentionally walk the first hitter every inning. You set up a, set up a force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hitting with runners on first. You've heard me and Huey and Billy talk about that a lot. First and second, nobody out swinging the bat. There only a hit is a good outcome. Oh, I, it's, it's Billy's favorite subject. You kidding me? Right. You, only, you force them into the hardest hitting scenario there is. It's the only time he likes the bunt. Yep. Okay, before I let you go, um, you have to come up with a victory total. It's 60 games, so you can't throw out 88 or 92. No, no, yeah, I got you. Yeah, winning for, for the Rocks or winning to get in the playoffs? No, for, for the Rockies. For the Rockies. Um, I, for some reason, the number, and uh, you know me, I go with my gut a lot with stuff like this. I'm going to say 35 and 25. I, I, I tell you what, man. If I, And I get how aggressive that is. But, it's again, it's a 60-game season, and I hope fans understand that if you get hot for a month, you're in. Spilly made a great point. Corey, think about this. You're 25 and 25 with 10 games to play, and you go 7 and 3 or 8 and 2, which happens all the time. Next day, and now all of a sudden, you're sitting pretty. Yeah, right? and, and that's what I mean is it's, it's, fans need to understand one hot month. You go, I mean, how many games do they play in August? They only have one off day. Uh, I, know, I know at one point they play 33 out of 34. 
Right. So let's assume in that 33 out of 34 day stretch, they end up going 23 and 10. Yeah. I mean, you just have to play 500 baseball the rest of the way and you win the division. I imagine. We'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about that a lot in the year because the, the Dodgers are a great team. Nobody's going to re- refute that. But, you know, all of a sudden, Walker Bueller, a little back stiffness. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw, but he's not the same guy. David Price is, has opted out. Um, Just so think they're, about they're, one bad time. One, if they have one off week as starters, that team is now just exactly like every other team. Yeah, they're far more they're far more vulnerable. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, it is getting exciting thinking about it. Um, you and I are taping this on a Wednesday night, literally nine days from uh, from from this taping. We're going to be uh, cranked up, and it's going to be baseball for real. And it's it's long overdue. Hey, Sully, enjoyed the last vestiges of true summer, man. I'll see you in a few days. Will do. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Drew. Those interviews brought to you by Ideal Home Loans. So one thing that you guys will all be dealing with is broadcasting games pretty much from an empty stadium, because I know they talked about a course field trying to get 10,000 people in there, you know, knock on wood, cross fingers. Well, that's certainly not going to happen at the start of the season. So there's all this talk about and I saw, you know, Nolan talking about it Um I think he wants pumping in crowd noise. I think other players think it's kind of cheesy. It'd be weird. I think that they're going to have broadcast the radio TV. You guys are gonna have to do something. I, uh, on the television side, we are going to have some sort of ambient crowd noise. I don't, I can't sit here right now and tell you what I think. I can't even have an opinion because is it going to be, as you said, cheesy, uh, a little weird because, all right, hello, we know. Somebody made a great analogy. Was it Nolan who, who or somebody else did around baseball? Said it's kind of like, I'm going to mess this thing up. It's kind of like you smell pizza, but there's a hamburger oh, sitting in front of you. Right, or, or, yeah. Right? I saw, yeah, somebody said that. And yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how it'll come off. You may go. Well, I, listen, I I still like it because it sounds like we're at the ballpark. I do know this: when you're watching these inter squad games, Julie, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Nolan hit a ball out, and it goes into the empty stands. It's like was it Major League? I always get all those movies mixed up. When Cle- you hear it, when yeah. Cleveland is bad, and you can hear the ball hit the seat and rattle <laughs> See, I around. Think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think for the players, it's going to be weird also. It's going to take them back to when they were growing up and the only fans there were their parents. Mm-hmm. So if a guy hit something, you know, a, a home run, there wasn't great noise. Parents were excited. The dugout was excited. It'll pretty much be that way again. See, I don't think I want crowd noise now. I think I want the random weirdness. And then when they do get a few thousand fans, I want to really be able to hear those few thousand fans. Um, Because what are you going to do? Like in the control room, they're going to be like, okay, it's a single hit the single crowd noise. Okay. It's a double hit the double crowd. Yeah, noise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you're right. Like oh, what crowd noise three run hit? late home run. Right. Cue that up. Right. Cue, cue the walk off <laughs> home run. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's kind of funny actually that you're saying that. Uh, th- this there, there's going to be a fascination part of this beyond the sixty game yeah. sprint, beyond you know just watching baseball at the highest level again. There is going to be even from a, how it how we present it on television. It, uh-huh. 
there there's going to be an interest level um, that that exists that wouldn't if it was just okay. There's not a great crowd. It's a Tuesday night and they're playing right. Miami, right? Who are you going to throw Cracker Jacks out to at the seventh inning stretch? That's funny. Because I always maybe, look up at you maybe, and I'm like, Drew, yeah, down uh, here. Well, maybe we'll just throw them out there. And then when they eventually let fans <laughs> in, it'll be a bonanza. There'll be like 40 <laughs> boxes of Cracker Jacks on per seat. This is going to be fun. It, it's going to be fun. I'm starting to, I'm starting to get fired up. Uh, I talked to it when I was working out earlier. Uh, a season ticket holder was, was saying hello and... And, you know, he was wondering if, if they can get there. And as you pointed out, the Rockies are hopeful and everything, as we know, depends on the health protocols mm-hmm. of maybe getting 10,000 people in later uh, in the season. But, but people are dying. We've been saying this, Julie, you and I for months, they're dying for um, for real competition mm-hmm. and, and things that, that will make them feel good. And I, I think this will be, uh, you know, a great start. Um, you know, we're, as we, as we tape this tonight, we're 10 days away from opening day. That is awesome. Yeah. I've never been, even though it's so different, I'm so excited yeah. for opening day. Uh, I'm getting excited. It's, it, it is bizarre. It's yeah. different. And we'll talk more about the television aspects as it, as it unfolds, cause we'll say, Hey, so how was it? You know, especially right. they open on the road, which means we're going to be in a studio, yeah. all major league broadcasters, nobody can travel. So you're going to be in a studio calling it off monitors, which will be, um, quite different. Will you ask your people about my question about what are you going to, are you going to queue up different? Um, I, I am going to ask that. And, and, and I think you, you made a funny in that. Is it the th- first inning, three run home run? Is it the fifth inning you're winning by 10 or down by 10 three right. run home run? Or is it the walk off three? I mean, because they're all different. Are you playing the Marlins? Or are you playing the Dodgers? You got. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a whole. There's like a whole system you have to rate. Yeah, I have a feeling of, Allison's probably working on it right now. Oh, Allison, I'm sure I got it done. All over. It. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. All right, Drew. Those are, by the way, our producers yes. on Rockies baseball. I've missed you. It was great to see you, and I will see you hopefully next week. Will you come back? Am I invited back? Yes, please come back. Well, yeah, I think because now I'm actually <laughs> traveling downtown more. That's true. Last thing, I, I had not been down. I've been downtown, excuse me, mm-hmm. twice in four months. And this time of year, it, when we're in town, I'm yeah. downtown. So I, I missed uh, I missed being downtown. It looks good. We've missed you. I, I get that. Yep. See you next yeah. week. Hey, by the way, congrats on year number two. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty. Sound of the breath fades with the light. I think about the loveless fascination.